You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavs. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, not as always, but as frequent, frequent third time, fourth time? Third time. Third time by the Kirk to my serious face. Just kidding. It's Jordan Brodus. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing? Kirk has Kirk has agreed to come on this podcast four times and backed out every single time because he's old. <laughs> He's a busy man and he's old. He basically he basically just does the Tim Duncan like DNP rest old. <laughs> That's basically what he does to me. So, but we have Jordan Isaac is in Kentucky right now. I he just did a crazy thing. He flew back to Dallas and then needed to drive back cuz he left his dog at in Kentucky. I don't know. He's just he on purpose. He's made some life decisions. <laughs> He's oh made some questionable life decisions, but Jordan is here with me from Mavs Moneyball, and we are going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I don't know if it was heartbreaking, but just like a just a depressing loss I, to uh, the to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, heartbreaking. I don't. I don't think that's the word. It was like agonizing. It was. It was hard to watch most of the game. I would say it. It was hard to watch. I. I found myself watching. Some games I find myself not looking at Twitter at all, which is not many. And I've found out that I, I tweet way too much during games. But <laughs> but then there are games when I'm like, I tweet so much and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm I'm looking at Twitter so much tonight. And this is one of those games where I'm just like looking at Twitter so much because I don't I did not want to look at this game. And that sounds so stupid because I always think like a year ago or two years ago, I would have, or not not a year ago, I guess two years ago, I would have, I would have done anything to, you know, be where I am now and, you know, being, being free at coming to a game for free and all this stuff. And then, I don't know, you get entitled. I feel like (laughs) it's funny you say that because I was thinking tonight I have to, I, uh, for those that don't know, which is probably a hundred percent of the people outside (laughs) of Nick right now, uh, I live in Chicago. So everything I'm watching is like through a Fox Sports Go app or like NBA TV or something yeah. like that. But typically it's a streaming uh, version of the game, which means that it's always like a little bit behind. Oh, and I've yeah. like lived, uh, you know, a lot of my adult life a little like <laughs> a little behind sports, a little <laughs> behind. So I know like that I can't immediately look at things like yeah. Twitter during a game if I if I want to like be surprised by something. Uh, <laughs> But there are certain games where it's like I don't think it probably matters if I find out that Brooklyn goes on a seven zero run or not, or, or that Dwight Powell you know. has gotten five rebounds, or that Dwight Powell's gotten That's zero right. rebounds. Yeah. yeah, although it was fun. The first quarter was fun. The first quarter was fun for a lot of reasons. I think it was it was maxi fun. It maxi yeah. max. They maxed out the fun in the first quarter. Let's say that. Yeah, I mean, I think there was at one point that. I mean, I know eventually it, it, it got sour for Dwight Powell, but the beginning of the game, he and and Maxie were like combined like 18 and 8 or something like that in those first – it was somewhere in the first half. 
I mean, predominantly that's that was Maxi's stats, but they yeah. both were playing. Yeah, first quarter, like Maxi had had twelve points, six boards. Dwight Powell had four points and a board. So yeah, Maxi definitely pulling the weight there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean it was certainly more Maxi, but like it was just like noticeable whenever one or both of them like has a solid five minutes it becomes like very, very noticeable, which probably <laughs> is a pretty telling sign for what this team is. Oh, especially, especially when Dwight Powell has a good couple minutes there, you know, you're just like, Oh my gosh, yeah. you know, and, and the stuff that he does jumps out at you more, you know, pun intended because he's getting alley-oops or, you know, he's doing things right. like that. The right. uh, Maxi Kleber though, I wanted to talk about, I'm glad you brought that up that in that first quarter, he goes up for that first block that he gets and he yeah. almost did it with both hands, and it was right. sort of odd. He puts both hands above his head. He blocks the ball. It was ball, weird. And, but then he comes walking away from it, and he's holding his hand, and he's like shaking his hand, and he's holding his finger. And three or four you know, back and forths across the court from offense to yeah. defense, he was still holding his hand and still holding it. And I was like, yeah. man, I thought Carlisle was going to take him out, but he looks at him. You know, he, I don't know if Carlisle was super paying attention to Maxi at that point, but he, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that he, he was. was uh, he kept holding his hand, and then eventually he just stopped, and then he started scoring. Like you know, he just started scoring like crazy. Yeah, and I was it was like, really weird. It's it's odd to me when a player and we just heard about uh, on Bill Simmons' podcast. He had Steve Kerr. They talked about the Michael Jordan flu game, uh-huh. and I mean, uh-huh. obviously that was like a extreme version, like the the highest level version of this. But sometimes <laughs> when you're uncomfortable and you have little you know injuries like that, you play better because you're you're not as focused are thinking so much on the game that's probably true that's interesting that's an interesting idea yeah it it was an odd sequence that i kept looking to the sideline on the on tv looking to the <laughs> sideline to be like is someone like gonna check on him because he yeah, seems right? like he's in pain it seems like he's not really like like yeah it was three or four trips where he wasn't even like invested in what was going on on either end of the floor because he it, i thought for sure it was like he broke a finger or yeah. something like that because he just seemed like he was really uncomfortable but it did it went from like that to him i think the next his next like actual assertive play was he got a pass from dennis down low and like missed a shot and then got his own rebound and tipped it back yeah. in and then it was like he was fine and then he was on fire after that yeah <laughs> yeah then he like couldn't miss he was like out jumping everyone for rebounds it was a lot of fun yeah, that was that was super fun. He's been a guy that I've been high on the whole the whole season and even the off season. So I'm glad to see that you know come to fruition. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Tonight. That's fun to watch. It's fun for him to be you know getting the public eye now. Uh, I could not talk to him after the game. I think he left before we were allowed to go in the locker room. But I would love to have asked okay. him about the beginning there. But I did talk to him the game before and asked him if you remember. Asked him about the alley oop that he almost. He almost threw in between the the, <laughs> the rim and the basket, which is, uh, would have been like a, a wedgie dunk. And uh, he said that he didn't expect – I can't remember who it was, if it was JJ or if it was Yogi or Dennis to throw him the pass. He did not expect it. And so before he, before he got there, he was like, oh, man, he threw it, and then he jumped, and he jumped a little too early, and it would have been a wedgie, wedgie oop, which would have been hilarious. But So I just wanted to throw that in there. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Other things in this game, uh, Brooklyn's so scrappy. (laughs) I mean, man, they scored 61 points on them in the second half. They just, I mean, uh, it was the Trevor Booker game, which which stinks because you have a guy named Booker that kills you and it's not Devin, you know, (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's the wrong Booker. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what I expected coming into this game. I, I admittedly don't know much about the Brooklyn Nets this season or most seasons, but uh, they're missing like three, if not four of their best players. So theoretically, Dallas should have been been able to handle that a little bit more. But I know Brook- Brooklyn's been dealing with injury the whole season. It's not like they've had a lot of – they haven't had Jeremy Lin – or D'Angelo Russell or whatever. Rondé Hollis Jefferson was out. There's plenty of like Oh my people gosh, I totally forgot about him as a person. Yeah. You know, I think he's a starter typically. Um, yeah, he he's play he plays the 4 for them most of the most of the time, but so, yeah, this team is so, interesting. Everybody was playing the uh the how many Brooklyn Nets can you name <laughs> before the game? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, I, it was not I many. That. I could I could have named the main rotation, but I did not expect Tyler Zeller and Joe Harris to start the game tonight. That those are those are two that I I'll did be not honest. Expect. I had never heard of Joe Harris before <laughs> he yesterday. Played, he and played I for saw... the Cavs. Okay, yeah, did not know that. Actually, both him and Tyler Zeller played for the Cavs. I think at one point. I saw his name for the first time yesterday and was surprised to learn that he was playing for the Brooklyn Nets. So, <laughs> uh, that oh, was an interesting man. surprise. Good to have Quincy AC back, I guess. Yeah. He got a technical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think he hit a three too, which uh, they said on the broadcast they were they were saying that Dallas should be taking credit for the three pointer because he was developing <laughs> that here. But that's true. I don't they think definitely... that counts. I don't think that counts if you let someone uh if you let someone leave. So And then uh he is somewhat responsible for the roster spot that became Yogi Ferrell. So we should thank him for that because he left and yeah. then it became Jonathan Gibson and then Jonathan Gibson didn't really pan out and then it became Yogi Ferrell. So we're out. these teams are like oddly tied together in some way. Jared Allen is from Texas. So, or he went to Texas. There's like the Darren Williams tie. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. We're there's, stretching there's it. That. We're stretching it. There's uh Joe Harris and Devin Harris. They're uh they're third cousins, I think. And then you have, yeah, uh, Sean Kilpatrick went to University of Cincinnati. I am from Cincinnati, so how about that? Yeah, Just yeah, all yeah. sorts of ties all Brooklyn over the place. Brooklyn plays basketball. Dallas plays basketball. No. Uh, there's So there's, yeah, there's a lot of ties. They're both lottery teams. <laughs> that is true. Uh, one of them will get their pick. One of them will not, and the Dallas Mavericks will get their pick. So uh, the Dallas Mavericks, they move to 5-17 and 17 on the season. Uh, Oi. That is, it's rough, and uh, but they still got a sellout. Still got a sellout in this game. 19,327 <laughs> 19, was the official number. It was packed. Uh-huh. It actually was packed. I was pretty surprised. It was not as packed as, say, like the Thunder game or, you know, other games like that. But it is, it's amazing to me, since I've moved to Dallas, that people will still go to that stadium. It fills and, in, yeah. And, and still go. They're not, it like, super in. passionate fans, but they will always show up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good core of people there. The the organization's been good to them for the last two decades. Yeah. So since this has been a theme the last couple of pods, we talk about this uh, what I call the savvy six, which is this lineup that Carlisle Carlisle discovered of of yes. Yogi, JJ, Devin Harris, Dirk Nowitzki, and Dwight Powell. And uh-huh. uh, by the way, Dirk says his name both ways. I don't know what it is. <laughs> says Nowitzki and Nowitzki. He says it both ways. People say that it's really? Nowitzki. Yeah. He's, I watched a video, and it's this. It, they do these feature presentation videos for the Mavericks all the time where they make Dirk uh-huh. do these stupid things. 
And yeah. it was like this Dirk awkward school of basketball. And he goes, I'm Dirk, Nowit- Dirk Nowitzki. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Maybe he was really playing the character in, in pronouncing his name. Wow. Awkward. He went, he went full like Stephen Colbert on us. Really oh method. my gosh. He was really method. That's what, wow. That's what I'm predicting. Gosh, it would, it would take an actor <laughs> for us to realize that. So gosh anyway so this lineup this lineup has been the best lineup the best defensive lineup in the nba which is hilarious but it continued to you know to to be that even after the spurs loss uh they were really good and then tonight not so great but i asked carlisle about it and uh let's just go ahead and play that audio the uh the unit of dirk powell uh, Harris, Yogi, and JJ is one of the best defensive five-man units in the NBA. Well, I think they're probably that that unit probably went down a few notches tonight. You know, it, it, look, everybody struggled. Other than the first few minutes of the game where we hit some threes, you know, and got a got kind of a phony cushion. Um, after that, we were seduced into you know playing playing their kind of game. I mean, um, you know, look, that's you know that's just not going to get it done. But before tonight. I gotta go. Good talking to you. Though. Oh man, Carlisle was—he was definitely not in the mood, not in the mood to talk to us. <laughs> Cut me off at the yeah. middle of my question, and then didn't really necessarily answer it. Like he—he he said that the you know, obviously this lineup took a took a downturn, which they were minus six in their plus minus in the eight and just about nine minutes that they played. So, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but, yeah, they did not play as well. They shot 31% from the floor, 12, 12.5% from three. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my. I mean, it is the, – the you've made an interesting find in this lineup. It's not something that I would have ever probably looked at. Uh, I've got to assume that that's a lineup that's not going to hold up the length of the season defensively, um, even if they all stayed healthy. Uh, but that's sort of, I, I, I guess I, I don't know how much you've keyed in on that, but like, that's sort of what has made Carlisle Carlisle is like finding yeah these like anomaly lineups that like should never work or shouldn't work in the ways that they do. And he continues to tinker with things almost to the point of frustration to watch it happen. Like to, to be a part of that experience just as a, as a fan or, someone like paying attention to the way that those things happen. But he, he continues to like find ways to make things that should not work, work in those ways. One of those things, however, is not Nerland's Noel. And he got, he got quite the little mention by Carlisle at the, uh, in the post game presser when they, uh, people obviously asked about the last couple of rebounds. That was super frustrating. The Mavericks had two chances where the Nets were on the free throw line and missed free throws that they could get the rebound for that were available to them. They did not come away with the rebound, and then the Mavericks end up losing the game. I mean, it was only a three-point game at this point when both of those free throws come off the right. rim. I mean, it's still a three-point right. game, so the Mavericks could have gotten the ball, could have yeah. called a timeout. They still had a timeout left. They could have gone to the other side of the floor. And, uh, and at least hoisted something up, but, but they weren't able to do that, weren't able to get free throws. And so somebody asked about it, and Carlisle said, that's on me. I did not put the right personnel on the floor. So, of course, the question comes out, who would you have put on if you know it would have been different? And right. he said, someone else. 
which should have been our first indicator that he was just not in the mood tonight to answer questions. Yeah. So yeah, I think <laughs> at the end of the game, the lineup that he had in there was uh, he had Dwight Powell for for defensive purposes, which is hilarious to me. But I guess uh-huh. that this is who you throw in there. Uh, uh-huh. Salah was dealing with a ankle injury at the in the middle of the right. game. He was dealing with that knee situation. Uh, where he was on the floor, like, like looked like right. he was writhing in pain, right. and so I went and I asked him about it, and he was like, "Well, yeah, the you know the knee was fine," and I was like, "Well, you didn't look fine," and he goes, "The knee was fine; it was the <laughs> ankle." When uh, Damari Carroll ran into him, when he you know had that offensive charge on him oh. and threw his shoulder into him, that's when he messed up his ankle, and so then he wasn't able to play after that. He only plays he played less than seven minutes in this game, so he couldn't throw Salah yeah. out there. Then you know, so he had. Dwight Powell, he ends up throwing Jeff Withy out there for one of the possessions. I mean, like, what does Nerlens Noel have to do to get, to get out there? It is, it's pretty crazy. There, there has to be something internally, or I mean, it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. He's really not getting, giving him any chances. That would have tonight would have been the best chance for him to at least get thrown out there. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> Jeff Jeff Withy going out there for that. When he went out there, I knew that that meant that whoever was shooting at the line was going to make both free throws. And then the, the Mavericks were going to have to call a timeout. And that's exactly <laughs> that what is happened. That is exactly what happened. Yeah. And so Withy was on the floor for actually zero seconds of actual yeah. time because yep. the clock never started <laughs> within the time that he was on the floor. So it shows in the box score that I am looking at is yeah. just zero minutes yeah, zero, with zero, no, zero, no zero. statistical presence at all. But he did play in the game, which I think is awesome. Yeah, he did enter the uh, game. Yeah, he entered the game. That's right. I mean, he was there to like, I don't know, collect the made basket. Um, which I <laughs> did think he, he actually did. He, did. Yeah, did he I even? Think, I think he. I think wow. he grabbed it. That is that the first time Jeff Withy has touched the ball since like October. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't think he's that's played all month. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if your instinct as you know after they give up, I mean, they gave up. However, many, I think Kirk wrote in the in the 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 wrap up from the game, how many offensive rebounds that Brooklyn had in the fourth quarter. And I want to say it was like eight, maybe six, eight, something like that. Gosh. Um, if, if at that point at the end of the game and you need a rebound and no one on the floor can get it and your instinct isn't immediately for Nerlens to be in the game. Cause there's been other times where they've, they've, they've put Nerlens into the game with four seconds left at the end of the half to like guard the inbound, just like an F or, to New Orleans. You know, like <laughs> if if that's like if that's like you're not if that's not your natural instinct to like call him off the bench just to get a rebound, then I I I don't really know. I don't know what kind of hope there is for anything to like be repaired over the next however many games we're a quarter of the way through the season so uh you know however many however long he is still here whatever anyone thinks that actually is i don't know how it could be any better if that's the reaction now yeah the the nets did have eight offensive rebounds in the end trevor booker had three of them himself dinwiddie had two so two of them going to a guard three of them going to, to Booker. So you have to imagine a couple of those are like really long rebounds. I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but the Mavericks only yeah, had one, like tip outs one like offensive rebound in uh, the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter minutes have been a topic of conversation and oof, RIP my mentions. As soon as Dennis Smith Jr. got sat with five minutes left, it was 
uh, not looking good. <laughs> and yeah. so we, we did learn that Dennis was dealing with some sort of virus is what he said. He's, you know, dealing with something he did play. He, what did he play? 26 minutes tonight. So just a couple yeah. off of his average. What did they say on the broadcast about what Dennis was dealing with? Cause people pe- 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 were telling me that they said something about it. I could have missed, I could have missed if they said anything else, but at some point, I think it was in the fourth quarter, uh, skin kind of just offhandedly mentioned that he was dealing with a bug but that he still played no, and then, i don't, like, I don't care if skin was, was dealing with a bug like he's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding yeah no like uh it was very offhand and there was no like yes we were told before the game that dennis smith jr is sick yeah uh so it, it i mean i don't think he was making that up but it just it was very like offhanded and then never really referenced or like confirmed in any way. Uh, so I, I suppose that that could be the reason. I don't know. I, I was frustrated that he wasn't in the game, but I was also like so frustrated with the game itself at that point that I had sort of like checked it out with the hope that he would come back in anyway. Like I was really mad after that Boston game. Yeah. But uh, this one I was just sort of like, you know. I mean, because JJ wasn't having a good game either. No. I mean, he ended up with nine points and six assists, but he was four of 12 and one of six from three. So it wasn't like you could be like, we're riding a hot hand. So it you say was he was four of 12? Like, that's what it says, yeah. Yeah, so the Mavericks are now 0 and 9 when JJ Barea takes more, oh, than, I saw you more than 11 that. shots. So that's another another loss for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like he, he, I guess he was sick. I mean, I, that's, that's, that was all that was said on the broadcast from what I heard. He didn't really, he didn't really seem sick to me afterwards. It, it, I don't know, just sitting there talking to him. I don't, I don't think that's what he was dealing with. Uh, but then the lineup that got put out there five minutes left in the quarter, by the way, Dirk was plus nine in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Dirk is uh Dirk's plus minus is insane right now. I think I think the time between games. I think I think McMahon had something on there about the uh, the time between games now for Dirk. I think it's, it's been really helpful for him. Uh, he was plus Dirk was plus eight for the game. He was plus nine in the fourth quarter. So, <laughs> gosh, he wow. uh, got most of that in the in the fourth quarter. JJ Barea also had six assists. So that stat that I, I said earlier, they were they were before tonight. They were. They had eight losses, zero wins when JJ Brea takes more than eleven shots. And they were four and four when he gets more than six assists. So he got six tonight, so now they're four and five, which that stat doesn't really hold up now. But still the shots I think is something. Some there's something to be the said shots about do. something to be said about about JJ taking all those shots and the Mavericks have not won any of those games. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Like, you know, I I know you wrote an article, I think it was earlier this week or maybe last week about uh you know, Dennis, Dennis being able bench. to learn even, <laughs> yeah, like not, not, not needing to be in the game to learn. And I think that's true. And there's only so many minutes. I mean, there's like, you can't throw him out. You don't want to throw him out there for whatever, 40 minutes a night or something. Or, you know, I don't, you don't want to just have a solely Dennis and Yogi point guard rotation, I guess, because there's just, you need we don't have enough wings so there's more guards that are having to play anyway yeah but uh it just doesn't this the it, it, i think it's frustrating to see 
the way that I don't, I, I don't know. Like it, it just doesn't. It's, it's not the way I want to see a rebuilding happen. Is to see him dribbling around. Like I, I don't like have him out on the floor. Great, and I know that's his. Like that's his style of game. So you're, you would be forcing him to not play his style of game. But I don't JJ know that Ball. it's beneficial for. I don't know if it's beneficial for like for Dennis to be standing in the corner if he has to split time with JJ. No, and, at the same time. Floor. And my next question for Carlisle would have been, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. shoots 23% from the floor, 17% from three when he plays with J.J. Barea. You know, how do, how does that, you know, partnership, how do you improve that partnership or, you know, what does he have to do? Or, you know, something, something along those lines. I'm glad I didn't get yeah. to ask it kind of because <laughs> it would have been a fumbling <laughs> question for me. But so J.J. was actually pretty good in the fourth quarter, nine points. He was plus five, four of seven from the floor. Uh, hit a three. You said, he had, you said he had nine points in the fourth quarter? Yeah. So he had zero points up to that point. <laughs> yeah, he, he was not playing super well, but then in the fourth quarter, he kind of turned it on. So the decision from Carlisle looks good in the fourth quarter for, with, with J.J., and then if Dennis was dealing with that sort of bug or whatever, you know, sure. whatever it was, he you know, he play, He did play seven minutes in the fourth quarter. So it's not like he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. It was just those and, last five minutes in that crunch time that he didn't play. And overall, in the entire game, Dennis still played more minutes than JJ did. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's under- not like he's ever. It's not like he's ever outplaying. Like he's not on the floor longer than him at any point. I think for the entire game, it can just get frustrating when it's the end of the game like that, and you you'd like to see the young guys on the floor like having to navigate whatever it is, whether it's a bunch of failed box outs for one defensive rebound or if it's hitting a game winner, you know, I, I, I want to win and lose with the young guys. Yeah. So the last thing I want to get to today is this quote from Dennis that he, he said to us, I asked him, I said, do you think you could get, do you think you could have gotten one of those two rebounds? And he said, I can do whatever you need me to. Not from where I was though. Now, when you just read that, when that's just in text form, or when you just read that on, you know, and I just read that out loud, to me, that sounds like he's subtweeting Carlisle, <laughs> you know, like he, that he's throwing Carlisle under the bus in the sense that, you know, I could have been out there and I could have done something, but from my seat on the bench, I can't do that. If I was in the game, you know what I mean? But right. when he said it, I don't think that's that's what he meant. I just think he he sort of threw that in there offhand. And I laughed. Like, I laughed when he, when he said that. I don't think anybody else did. Yeah. But, you know, I was looking <laughs> at him, and I was like, that's hilarious. You know, he's like, I could have, I can do whatever you need. I could have gotten those. Not from where I was, though, obviously, because he was all the way on the other side of, you know, across the right, court. Right. What did you take that quote as? Well, now, so, now that I've set it up for you to take it the, the way well, I just right, said. No. Well, right before we, we started recording this, my dad texted me a screenshot of your tweet that you sent out of that. Shout out. Shout out to Doug and, Brodus. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Doug. And I read it and I immediately like laughed. I was like, Oh, that's a funny thing to say. Like, I thought it was like a joke. Like, right. Like, funny. like, like the, we my thought, arms yeah. aren't, my arms aren't long enough from the bench <laughs> to grab the rebound. I think that's uh, what he meant. And then it. I, and then I read it a second time. I was like, Oh, Oh dang. <laughs> like, like maybe maybe he maybe he meant something else, but I don't. Judging from I I have I have not met him in person. I've not had a conversation with him, but judging from all the video I've seen of him and the way he like handles interviewing and and just kind of his way of communicating with uh, the media in general or just anyone who who is who's 
speaking with him, uh, I don't really think he he probably meant that in any sort of dramatic way. Yeah. Uh, I think it was just sort of like he was stating the obvious that like I couldn't do anything about it. Like yeah, a I couple wasn't out a there. couple minutes before he said this, somebody asked him about his struggles in this game, and he said he was talking about you know how he's got to be better and blah blah blah. He just wants to get the win, and he said nobody's gonna take my shine though. <laughs> so. So, you know, right. like exactly to your point, you know, that that's the kind of the way he's, he speaks to the media. Some of it is a little in jest and, you know, he, yeah. he jokes around and then he keeps the confidence and the swag is high for sure. When, when Dennis speaks, funny. uh, yeah, that was really funny. So I, I enjoyed that from <laughs> Dennis uh, and I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy everybody taking that tweet the wrong way. So <laughs> yeah, if the Mavericks were like competing in any way this season and like the national media had is actually paying attention to anything that was happening in Seriously. Dallas right now, uh, then it probably would blow up in, into something. But I think it'll, at least in a larger sense, that'll probably slide by. But I'm sure there's plenty of readers that will get a, a kick out of that. Oh, for sure, for sure. Also, I got a sh- I got a shout out. Hold on, let me let me find the right tweet. Uh, <laughs> Somebody tweeted me a video of Dennis and there's a, it's a video that I am behind and I I look like I'm just smiling at Dennis so much. Like I'm just cheesing cheesing at Dennis so much. I can't find who it was from, dang it. But uh, he said, get somebody that looks at you like Nick, like Nick looks at Dennis. So I just wanted to shout you out, man. Thank you for, uh, thank you. Thanks for that the mention. Funny. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, get you somebody that looks like you, that looks at you like I look at Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> also, we are the same height, and I am 6'3. So everybody stop asking me if Dennis is 6'3. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Anyway, people the, are concerned about that. Last thing I'm going to leave you guys with is Dennis Smith Jr. will be at the Cowboys game tonight on Thursday. If you guys are listening to this, mm. he was trying to find his tickets at his locker, could not find them. And I was like, Oh, you should check eBay. <laughs> Somebody walked off with your tickets, but he grabbed the, uh, the PR manager, Sarah Melton. He grabbed her and, uh, was like, Hey, can you, you know, can you help me find these? I just had them right here. Sarah is a mother. And you know, anytime you cannot find something, you ask your mom and she comes over. Obviously, Sarah is not Dennis's mom, but as soon as he had Sarah come over, he found them immediately. And uh, just love your mother, okay? Everybody call your mom, text your mom. <laughs> Be appreciative of all moms. It's not Mother's Day. It is November 30th right now. But be appreciative of your moms. They help you find things. And uh, moms everywhere, I appreciate you. If you are a mom listening to this, you are of the 1% of females that listen to this podcast, and I appreciate you. For all the moms. For all yeah. the moms. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. If you made it this far, you are a true MFFL, and I appreciate you. Peace out. It's been good. Forest forward.